0: Welcome to Quick Shots, a short format traditional archery podcast, where we introduce you to some of the world's most influential traditional archers, and occasionally, some random dudes. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Quick Shots. And if you're new here, don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell notification. We upload a new episode every Wednesday, and they just keep getting better and better. If you or someone you know is an interesting trad archer, leave a comment below. We'd love to get you on the show. If you want to support the channel, head on over to the tradlifearchery.com. We have toques, we have hats, we have mugs, just a bunch of stuff over there. And anything you buy goes to support this channel. We do really appreciate it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Quick Shots. I'm your host, Mick Chambers. We're here with Kevin Morrow uh, from the Trad Geek Podcast. Hey, Kevin, how you doing?
1: Great, Mick. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: My God, thanks for for joining us. Um, First of all, I got to give you a crap for... I mean, blatant ripoff of the archery geek. Um, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs>
1: <today>? <laughs> no, none at all. Hey, we're all geeks at heart, right?
0: I know. Uh, just for our listeners, uh, tried geek was like twelve years before I even considered, <laughs> and I had no idea. It's and been I'd a apologize. long. I'm on the air apologizing oh. to you because I had no idea <laughs> I would have strayed away from it. So, uh, no, no. Honestly, we've
1: been. We've been at it for a long time, just kind of as a hobby and, and when we can. But um, I wish we could we could do more with it, but I just don't have the time with my life. So
0: what, so, so take us take us a little bit through that. Um, so first of all, can you talk a little bit about Trad Geek and what you guys have done in the past? Because it is pretty cool. And if people haven't watched that, they should go back and watch your episodes uh, or listen to yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I started Trad Geeks back in either 2010 or 2011. I just started our own forum to kind of discuss traditional archery with my buddies and one thing led to another and it more or less turned into a content producing company. Uh, I think we were one of the original traditional archery podcasts out there. There was a few out there that's been around even longer than mine. Um, And then we got into photography, cinematography, a little bit of education for the traditional archer through the podcast and some videos on YouTube. Um, But you know, it just kind of turned into just a passion of mine through photography, cinematography. My good buddy, Mark, helped me for years with that. And then he kind of switched back to a compound, which is great. Like traditional archery is not for everybody. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, if it wasn't for Mark, Trageeks probably would have never reached where it has. Yeah. I'm just trying to keep the legs moving on it and stay relevant with all you guys ripping out the content every week. It's, it's yeah. tough relevant, but uh we have fun doing it so well
0: and you um i always say this to people like good creators like you um and uh you're when you put when you put content out you put out really really good quality content i just put out half ass shit so i mean you you guys are like you know what i mean you guys are just like so good uh your content's so good and
1: yeah you know i try to i try to put out i think it's like artistic side of me like i like to put out good photos. And if you notice now it's more just Kevin underscore Merrill on Instagram. I kind of transitioned everything from, I still have the trageeks brand cause we do sell tabs and strings and shirts and hats. And we still have the podcast, still lots of gear sponsors that we're associated with. So I keep that rolling, but it's turned into more of a personal thing from myself and my son and then my buddies helped me out as well. So like, I really enjoy the photography side of things. So I, that's what I'm passionate about and I can put out, but um, you know, I, I like the raw stuff too. You know, I'm not, I like watching more raw stuff. You can only watch so many uh, films now and so many center photography like I've seen enough of those shots now where it gets boring. Like I just like the education side of things. So anything I tune into personally is just educational. So rather it's like the hunting public guys, it's rural are born and raised or, um as far as the hunting side of things go and then obviously the push and stick Boat chronicles and yourself and guys putting out content for education i love tuning into that stuff as well but yeah we there's a place for us all you know and it it's just fun that there's so many of us that have like minds trying to put out good content for everybody it's it's pretty cool
0: i you know the track community is really really awesome and and they've been embracing you know what i've been doing uh so i really appreciate that and you know it's it's guys like you that got things started off kicked it off and and, and made it okay or made it kind of cool to be a geek and and it really i mean we were talking about this a little bit earlier but we're all kind of geeky you know trad archers especially because we, we we worry about the most minute detail on our yeah. arrows and what our, our our setup looks like and how we do our tune and you know oh, i'm not shooting that bow because it's from here i gotta get you know so there's a lot of that stuff hey um how about we, we go back just a little bit, though? I want to find yeah, out, you I, I want to talk, I want everyone to understand where you started off your archery career and, and how that evolved into trad archery.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I was, you know, born and raised a hunter from my father, you know, and I, I've been passionate about the outdoors since I was 10 or 11 years old. I was in the woods with him, whether I was hunting or not. And uh, hunting, my dad only hunted with a rifle and it. I just didn't spend enough time in the woods. I wanted more. So I took up archery on my own. My cousin kind of showed me a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately I had to learn all the trial and tribulations myself. And that was with a compound. And I spent hunting a, with a compound for quite a few years. And nine years ago, um, I switched to traditional bow. My good friend, Aaron, that helps me a lot with drag geeks, um, switched to traditional archery. And he's like, Kev, you, you just gotta make the switch. I think it would fit you well. Um, and he knew me since elementary school. So he knew what kind of a person I was. And um, I picked up the stick bow that year, dove head first, sold everything that was compound related, was successful my first year, luckily. Um, and I've been hooked ever since. Uh, I love the fact that it is challenging; it requires a lot of hard work. Um, that just fits my personality, so that's that's where I think it's fit well for me. Um, yeah, you, I, I just love it.
0: And 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 you're so and you're teaching your son now. Yes, yeah, the the you know the hunting and that, and and he was successful this year, as I recall.
1: He was, you know, Finn is. Finn is a lot like me, if not more passionate and more of a hard worker, more dedicated probably than I I was at that age for sure. You know, he's eight years old. Um I don't have words to describe oh, him. Oh,
0: I know. Oh my god. My
1: buddies, uh my buddies know him well, you know, Aaron and Derek, and they've they've been there for everything with Finn. And uh, you know, I can remember taking him up to ETAR at I think he was three years old, three or four. And he hiked every single course with us, never complained, never whined. And he's been doing it with us since he was a little young guy. So a lot of guys are probably seeing Finn hunting with a stick bow at eight and thinking, oh, he's too young or maybe he should be doing something else, but he doesn't want to. Uh, he has the option. He, he can take a rifle. He can take a crossbow, compound, whatever he wants to do. He does, and I'm there to support him. But he he likes to do things the hard way. He's a hockey player, and if anybody knows how hockey is, it's rough, it's tough. From a young age, they they're working athletes, and I think it just it just fits right into that for him. Um, so he he was successful with uh, re Kirby shot a doe this year, and uh, we hunted rifle season with the rifle, but mm-hmm. I imagine here second season he'll want to get back out. So that's another thing my hunting is kind of transitioned to. I still take a bow with me and and hunt, but it's with him pretty much all the time. I'd say I might have got out 30 hunts here in Pennsylvania. And that doesn't Colorado when I went elk hunting with Aaron, but 30 hunts in a stand here in Pennsylvania. And I bet Finn was with me 26 times. I mean he he is getting up at five o'clock in the morning where i'm hanging i'm a mobile hunter mostly even on my private property hanging two stands every morning um he's climbing up in or sitting at the base of the tree for an hour before i get ready and cameras and deals with me taking dslrs and hanging camera arms and i mean for him to put up with that let alone wanting to still go you know is pretty incredible but yeah I can't say enough about the kid he's he's
0: pretty so, so what you're saying is that I should have had him on the show and not you I should have had the real pretty
1: hunter. much I'll tell you what <laughs> I'm, I, I am I the kid I asked them the other day we we're on our way to hockey I say hey buddy you want to do a podcast and he's like yeah dad let's let's do a podcast and I haven't even got around to it but um, that would
0: be so cool you should oh my god yeah. that would be great I mean Honestly, I probably should have thought of that too. He probably could have been on here. That would have been awesome.
1: If he wasn't at hockey, he would be here.
0: <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about hockey. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I'm a Canadian. I grew up, I, I started skating at four. And uh, so, you know, I played hockey all that time. And so that's really cool that he's a hockey player and he's a hunter. Yeah. What's awesome. his, uh, who's his favorite hockey player? Does he have one?
1: Sidney Crosby, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're we're really close to Pittsburgh, and he actually plays hockey at the Little Mu Center. So he plays for uh, the Penns Elite team, and um, yeah, Sidney Crosby would be him or Jake Gensel.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. What's he playing? What position is he center? He's a
1: defenseman. Defenseman, oh, center sometimes, but mostly defenseman.
0: Yeah, that's good, man. Hard worker. You got to be a hard worker to be back on D. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, you know, not to get off topic, but how much dedication a defenseman takes and, and, you know, controlling the ice and being reserved to stay back. And at eight years old, you see a lot of kids wanting to press, hop, press up, press up, yeah. and they're not responsible. And so he fits that position pretty well.
0: That's good. Stay-at-home defensemen are hard to come by, like you said, at that age. It's just... yeah. And we're not off topic, by the way. This is, a, this is about... You know this podcast. I want this to be about people getting to know you as the archer, right? Not just maybe you as just the hunter, but just an yeah. you know, all-around personality. Wise. So, I mean, our family is part of that, and you make your family a, a huge part of that. So that's awesome. Hey, um, do you mind if I do you mind if I ask a couple archery questions here though? No. So Yeah. What are you currently? Um, so you're a hunter, obviously. You've already mentioned that. Sounds like you do elk and whitetail, turkey mm-hmm. too, as well, or turkey,
1: mule deer, anything hunt with a bow or get a chance to I I definitely take the bow I mean I can honestly say I've never been on like a once in a lifetime hunt But I'd probably take my stick bow <laughs> even if I drew something like that you know I just yeah just passionate about it for
0: and what is your stick bow what do you what do you currently uh what's your
1: uh oh, that's a tough question because I <laughs> shoot a lot of different stuff and throughout luckily enough I've had a lot of bow years work with me and, and send me things to try and shoot so I've if it's out there, I pretty much shot them all. Um, right now I shoot, you know, I'm between three different bows and, and I shot the Bushman Spartan this year for, uh, whitetail and, and for elk in Colorado. So I stuck with that one bow all year and it's a pretty sweet bow. It's a Bushman Spartan recurve. It's kind of like a super curve or a long curve. Although Steve wouldn't want me to, you know, preface the super curve. He, he likes, uh, you know, have do his own thing basically, but it's a two-piece recurve, curve, uh, takes down at the handle. So it's, it's kind of unique in that aspect. Yeah. Super nice bow, quick. Um, so that's what I hunted with. But now I'm dabbling back with the Wenger IBX 18 or 17-inch riser. Um, so I, I have one of those too that Trent has sent me, and it's a beautiful bow. So I, I haven't killed anything with it, but I've had it for quite a few years now. So I don't know why, but uh, last year I hunted all year with it and I hit a big bull in Colorado. I missed a buck here in Pennsylvania. Um, and those are my two opportunities. I don't, I, 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 I don't shoot a lot of does, uh, primarily because my private property, I'm kind of trying to increase the the numbers. So I leave the does for Finn, but I'm gonna try to take one here this second season with that bow. And then I also dabble with the, um, the it's the Night Ridge from OMP.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's a really good bow, cost-effective. So I, I like shooting that bow, too, because it's ILF, and I, I really never dabbled with ILF too, too much. But uh, for a lot of my followers, I think it's a really, really nice bow for them to, you know, get into traditional archery with. And that's a metal riser. So first metal riser I've messed with.
0: Yeah, it looks good. I've I seen on your page you, you had put uh, this, the OMP, and they were getting – mm-hmm. Was a holiday special or something? I don't know if they're still running that or not. But uh, that that ILF bow, that's a that's a good um, that's a good recommendation for beginners because you know you can go up and down poundage and then you don't have to really spend a ton of money, right?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I you know suggest because everybody asks me like, what should I start out with? I Want to know what I you know all of my recommendations? And I'm like. Do not start out heavy. Start out with a low poundage bow, and and these ILF rigs are nice because of that. So you, you can just purchase new limbs, and they're pretty affordable. So they can just kind of grow with that bow until um, they till they know for sure that they love traditional archery and want to stick with it. And then you can spend some money on a custom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Start working with a bowyer. Hey, um, on your Spartan, what what weight are you pulling?
1: It is 53 pounds of 28 inches. 53
0: the big boy stick i'm i'm like i must be getting old man because i'm like i'll tell you what
1: it it, it's a little overbowed for me um steve built that bill as a prototype for me so the limbs are a little different than his normal uh makeup so we're we're testing it and it came in a little heavy because it's it was a different glass than he was used to using so it came in a little heavier than what i wanted Mm -hmm. i love to shoot like that 48 pound range that's like my money
0: spot. Yeah, I love that too. Um, you know, I'm kind of around that 48 right now with my setup for whitetail. Um, I'm actually two pounds lower than that, like 46. And then I'm using, mm-hmm. the, I'm using these Uka limbs and, and people say that this you get around two pounds on that, you know, in terms of speed and, and, and uh, uh, kinetic energy. So, um that that's really beneficial especially if you're talking these you know omp ilf uh, rigs and you can you can get these really really fast limbs right so yeah it was nice to to be those to...
1: those limbs are really nice i had the chance when we were in colorado we stopped at uh, rms gear on the way to the airport and yeah. uh Aaron and i shot those limbs they're pretty nice
0: they're sweet they're sweet i love them yeah. i love them yeah, what do you, what, what's your aero setup um what do you so i'm
1: running this year now I haven't tuned since spring, so bear with me here. They're Easton X is 400, so I'm running all iron wheel components. I believe I have 75-grain breast insert, 25-grain outsert, and then 200-grain uh, iron wheels. Wow.
0: All right, so that's a lot of FOC right there.
1: Yeah, they're pretty heavy. I, I'm. I've shot a lot of high FOC arrows and setups last year. I ran VAPS with tough heads, and I think I was around thirty-two percent, which is extreme, extreme. Uh, so I backed off a little bit and, uh, you know, settled it down. I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I can honestly say those high extreme FOC arrows for me, anyways, shoot really, really well. I mean, they're like arts and they group my groups are always better with those arrows. Some will disagree. Maybe it's in my head, but, um, love my setup. Now, uh, the buck I shot this year, it, it it was, uh, it did some damage on it. So
0: it was a pretty buck you got this year. Uh, picture of it. If you don't mind me stealing off your Instagram. No,
1: Uh, take anything.
0: Okay. Thanks very much. All right. I heard you say that. So all my thumbnails will be from you from now on. Uh, That's fine anything cuz you're you skilled i mean you 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 have great great um um eye for for taking photography uh so everything looks really good i appreciate that yeah no worries man hey um so so if there was one thing one piece of advice you would give to a brand new archer uh someone getting into it someone who listens to this podcast i kind of feel like mm-hmm. we have the the beginner intermediate kind of uh, range what would, what would that piece of advice be
1: and that would be so like compounds or traditional archery, any archer getting or, into
0: or even or even could be into hunting. Like what what would be yeah. maybe you know what? Cause of your experience, why why don't I break it into a category for you? So why don't we say archery first? And then I want to hear a hunting tip too, if you have one.
1: Yeah, you know, archery in general, I think if you're wanting or wanting to get into archery, you have to have that passion to be close with animals and that that connection where For me, I can go hunting and rather I kill a buck or a doe or anything that I'm after. If I get a nice close encounter and get to watch that wildlife in its natural state, but me as the predator being super close, that's what archery is for me as a hunter. Um, And then archery on the other side of things, which is just, you know, my My time for myself that I can go out every single night and shoot a few arrows, it gives my brain a little bit of relaxation and nothing else really pops into my mind when I'm going through my shot sequence and releasing an arrow and watching that arrow fly. Um, I can honestly say all my stresses in life, good or bad, are gone. So, you know, that archery means to me and if somebody's looking to get into archery, maybe some of those things would hit home for them rather they need you know a little bit of time to themselves um, and not hunt at all just get into archery in general but if you're a hunter and want to get into archery that's what's special about it for me the traditional side of things you know traditional archery right now is really blowing up and a lot of people getting into it and that is everything we've ever wanted right we want traditional archery to grow because it's so close to our hearts. But I feel like now it's it's starting to get, and maybe it hasn't yet, but it's starting to get to that point where it's it's like everything like if you're not shooting traditional archery, you're not doing it right. Or mm-hmm. oh this guy killed it with a recurve, my buck's not as good because I didn't kill it with a recurve. And I don't want anyone to think that because, you know, there's lots of guys that get into traditional archery and they go back to a compound for one, one reason or another, rather they don't have enough time to dedicate to it. Cause it does take a lot of time and effort or uh, maybe they had a bad experience. So, you know, I think if you want to get into traditional archery, you have to have a certain personality to some degree. Um, and not everybody has it and that's, that's totally okay. I have a lot of buddies that hunt with compounds. Mark's one of them. Mark loved traditional archery was successful with traditional archery. He just, he just doesn't have the time and he didn't want to have to dedicate the time. He loves to hunt, but, um, he's a gadget type of guy is more Mark's speed, but Mark got into archery because of me and a naturally followed that traditional archery path and kind of settled into a compound and maybe he'll come back to traditional archery. Maybe he won't, but he's still having a blast doing it. So you know, for anybody looking to get into traditional archery, just make sure it's, it's the right decision for you. Yeah. I,
0: I, I think, yeah, I kind of want to ask you, like, what do you think that personality is that would fit traditional archery? It's a tough, it's a tough question. It's a tough question. You know, I,
1: I always look at my life as like, you know, and, I'm a grinder. I I love to grind. I do bet. I do really well in my life with lots of irons in the fire. And that's partially why my life is so hectic at times. And I'm a doctor of chiropractic. I have a farm. I have cattle. I have three kids. I have trad geeks. I have hockey now, um, you know, and my family's first, but I have to be constantly grinding. And And sometimes for me, that means getting like beat down and getting back up, and and when I am finally successful, it means more to me, and I feel more satisfaction. and And partially why I switched to traditional traditional archery is, I shot a few deer, good deer, with a compound, and I I just, I was like, wow, that was awesome. I loved it. I watched the deer die in front of me, but I was it was I was just missing something. I was like, it was it was almost too easy for me and not that that's a good thing you know maybe i shouldn't feel that way um but it was just i i needed to work harder for that um for that success and and now that i've been successful with a traditional bow for quite a few years i can honestly say i've never lost that when i kill a deer i i feel like i did something and uh you know i ho- i hold animals lives probably to a higher degree than most people. I, I really respect the animals and, um, you know, I can't sleep if I make a, make a yeah. shot that you know I'm up all night long. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I, I if maybe I beat around the bush a little bit with that, but
0: no, you're, you're, I think you're
1: bad. Bang- my Bay personalities probably. Like, What's that?
0: Type, Sorry say that again.
1: Like that type A personality mm-hmm. is the type of personality that you would need to get into traditional archery I,
0: I i could i think i can sum it up as um if you um could uh, uh survive you know three weeks of torture in a uh russian gulag you could probably traditional archery is probably for you yeah
1: it's, yeah. it's you know and it, it, it's honestly just, I, it's getting to that point now where for me i don't i'm for the last right three or four years, I don't look at it as a handicap at all. Like I, I go to Colorado with a stick bow, never killed a bull, I've killed a cow. And you know, you spend all year to go out there for one week, the normal right guy would take a comp out. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, if they really wanted one on the wall, you have to be okay with coming home with nothing and, and still finding success in that hunt.
0: So would you, when you went out there, were you practicing, were you taking long range shots? I'll say long range for trad.
1: You know, I have in the past when I went out for elk, I really practiced long range. And this year when I went out there, I did not maybe 35, 40 yards tops. And I felt pretty comfortable at 40, but just, I I practiced more of just keeping my composure and, and that mental side of things because... Um I do pretty well in those situations but when a bull stand in fifteen, twenty yards and it's a big bull scream and it's hard to keep things together, especially with a traditional bell if you don't hit all your stops and and think about things. And that la lat, you know, two years ago when I hit that bull in the shoulder, um, it haunts me every single day, you know. And it was a it was a three thirty bull. It was a really good bull. Aaron called it in for me. I mean Just picture perfect and I choked and that haunts me so you know this year when I before we went out I just focused on my my mind game I put a clicker on my bow and um yeah I felt like I was in a better place this year I just didn't have an opportunity to to succeed with that but um you know I'm all about getting the animal close so
0: yeah it's it's that's unfortunate um you know my buddy uh uh, Cody um, just did an interview with the the stick bow uh, chronicles and he was talking about, you know, success and not success that he he's had recently. I was, it, it's tough. It's tough listening to that, but I appreciate you you sharing that because I mean, we yeah. will have to understand that. Right. I mean, it's, it's not all, you're not always going to be successful. You gotta be and like as you said, hold those animals to a higher standard, get out there practice as much as you can hit all your stops, which I'm going to ask you about right now. Um, because I'd like to, I'd like to hear what your shot process is and how you go through it both physically and mentally.
1: Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I'm, I really believe in what Joel Turner preaches and, and, um, the shot process. So, um, and Joel probably yell at me cause I won't say what I should be saying, but, uh, you know, naturally I, I focus on my stance first and my, my grip on the bow, and my hook on the string, and, and make sure everything's lined up there first, then it's, it's literally for me, now that I'm doing it for so long, is just get it done, get it back. Um, once I get it back, and get that shot process, or my anchor complete, I, I focus on the aim, which is literally probably a half a second, watch it keep it, and then it's my transfer to hold position so i, I just literally once i say watch it keep it it's here we go and i start that action which is just a fine motor movement to transfer to hold and my click goes off and i i break so
0: nice nice that's it so very
1: It's all running through my head if i'm not saying it you know out loud so uh yeah and i'm I'm teaching Finn the exact same stuff. And a lot of guys comment on his videos, like "Wow, that kid has a lot of control and his bell arms steady and he's working for it. But I mean, I'm, I'm standing in the yard every single day talking to him, working through a shot process and that's helped him tremendously. If he didn't have that, um, there's no way he'd keep it together. Cause he, if you saw the IG story when he shot his doe, he's like Fred Eichler when he hits a deer. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: You know, and I'm, I'm more (laughs) calm, you know, I, I make that shot and I just stay calm, but I got the typewriter legs going, you know, and, uh, but he, he just, he breaks down once it, once it happens. So if, if he didn't have something to think about, he wouldn't, he'd probably get half drawn that arrow would be going out through the woods, you know?
0: yeah most most kids at that age man i don't know how they i like that's great training too maybe you need maybe coaching is in your future that maybe that's that's your next step where you're just
1: i don't know it's i i have the patience to do it with my son and i probably will with my daughters too if they get into it um but man i i i love teaching i love educating i just don't have the time i really don't so i i put all my effort into finn and and myself, and and that's it. You know, I get a lot of questions on Instagram, and I, I'm sorry if I don't return to you know return them all. I just I just don't have the time. So I I try to use the podcast to get out some information. Um, and Aaron and I are actually we're going to do another one here tonight after I get off with you. But <laughs> okay. we're trying to get back to like I say it on the podcast all the time. Like we're going to get back in the swing thing every week, and then a month goes by. It's like what happened, you know? But um, yeah, I, I like the education side of things. If I had more time, maybe when I'm retired, if that ever happens,
0: but yeah, I mean, you have the background in terms of, um, the biomechanics, you know, all that stuff from being a chiropractor and you, you know, all the body, you know, you know, all the muscle groups that have to be engaged and stuff like that. So you can actually put your school, your education also into your archery. So that's kind of cool too.
1: Yeah. And then my, my undergrads exercise physiology and kinesiology. So everything really like literally Tom and I can have conversations on the phone. I don't need to see him doing it. And he can be like, have you got this right? And I was like, yep, yep. yep. He's like, perfect. Like, uh, cause I can just mentally see the actions happening.
0: You're talking Tom Clum.
1: Yeah. Tom Clum. So through just my schooling and dissecting cadavers and everything else, you, know, <laughs> you really get, get a good uh visual of what happens inside the body and what actions you know and that's all it is if anybody really like wants to do their own education with it just look up shoulder motions flexion extension abduction external rotation internal rotation and see how that shoulder moves
0: Mm
1: -hmm. the scapula moves on the rib cage and what muscles make those actions happen and it will help you substantially if you start diving into form and, and listening to Tom and Joel's stuff um, online. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, um, I want to thank you very much for being on the show. I know you're a busy guy. Like you said, we're all grinding and you're, you're going, it uh, sounds like you're going twice as high as anyone. So I appreciate you um, doing this. I really do.
1: Anytime, Mick, you name it, I'll, I'll jump back on for you.
0: That's so awesome. Hey, and uh, tell everyone where they can uh, go to follow you or, 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 or see yeah
1: so you can go to traggeeks.com. that's the website and that's where you know our podcast is on there some gear and stuff you can buy and youtube videos how to some how-to videos um so that's that's our main stuff you know instagram you can go to dot underscore.com and if you look in a profile it just sends you to my personal which is kevin underscore marrow um and pretty much i do a, i do a lot more on instagram than anywhere else so if you just go to at kevin um, that's pretty much where you'll get links to everything else through the stories and, and the links in the profile.
0: That's awesome, man. Thank you again very much. And thanks, everyone, for paying attention and sticking around with us. Uh, we do appreciate everyone that uh, watches. Don't forget to share, like, subscribe. Um, we will talk to you next time. Thanks again. You bet, Mip.